0: Pentecost and the Bride by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor In Exodus, somewhere around the year 1400 B.C., we find God preparing Israel to be His bride. This would be the first Pentecost or Feast of Weeks. We see this story in Exodus chapter 19, verses 10 through 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day for on the third day the lord will come down upon mount sinai in the sight of all the people god goes on to say that if the people would obey his voice keep his commandments and be faithful to their vows to him that they would be a special treasure to him and placed above all other peoples of the earth this is where we begin to see that god blesses those who remain in a covenant relationship with Him. Let us read on in Exodus chapter 19, verses 4 through 8. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me, above all people, for all the earth is mine." And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. But Israel's vows did not last even 40 days. Jeremiah chapter 11 verses 10 through 11 carries us all the way down in history to somewhere around 586 B.C. where we see God is disgusted with Israel. Jeremiah chapter 11 verses 10 through 11 They have turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words and they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will surely bring calamity on them, which they will not be able to escape, and though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. It would seem all was lost, but God had a plan to rescue not only Israel, but all that would love him in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19 it speaks of the plan that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation therefore the next time God's people experienced Pentecost was after the death and resurrection of Jesus before this They simply celebrated the original Pentecost, but experienced nothing different. Now let us read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, just as they were set aside and assembled at Mount Sinai. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting." do you see the comparison in the first pentecost to the second one just as the lord came down in the sight of the people at mount sinai in acts chapter two verses three and four he manifested his presence to them once again they experienced pentecost acts chapter two verses three through four says then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the spirit gave them utterance. Now, let us look back to Exodus chapter nineteen, verse eighteen, to see more of the comparison. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire, its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. The Lord ascended in fire on Mount Sinai, and He appeared to the people in acts as cloven tongues of fire. The mountain shook and quaked, and so did the upper room as the mighty rushing wind filled it with the presence of God. As we said before, God told Moses to sanctify or set apart the people and make them wash their clothes. After this, He would meet with them and give them His covenant or Ten Commandments, as we now call them, as a kind of marriage contract. The Hebrew word is ketubah. They broke the contract with Jehovah immediately, however, and turned to other gods, even after saying, All the Lord has spoken, we will do, to God Himself. As already stated, God's people were again set aside, or separate in the early church, only this time they were in an upper room, all in one accord as they were at Sinai. This time, however, the law or ketubah would be written on their hearts and minds, rather than on the tables of stone in fulfillment of the prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds, and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Here is one of the differences the New Covenant made. In the Old Testament, the Spirit would come upon certain select ones, and they did mighty things. But in the New Testament, as they matured past the feast of first-fruits to Pentecost, the Spirit would fill them or be in them. It is at Pentecost that we as individuals have the spirit of god enter into us rather than be on us or covering us at the first fruits or baptism in galatians chapter 3 verse 27 it says for as many of you as were baptized into christ have put on christ this was before pentecost colossians chapter 1 verse 27 To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This was after Pentecost. With the Spirit of God in us, we begin to walk more and more as a specific member of the body of Christ. As His mind, gifting, and abilities operate through us, we begin to walk in His thought pattern, shaping us into His image. By now, some of you may be questioning, what does all this have to do with God's Bride? So to shed more light or insight on the subject of the Bride of Christ, be assured there is another manifestation of Pentecost that is taking place today, even as you are reading this. Let me explain. Does the Word not tell us that Jesus and His Bride are one? This means the born-again individuals that are united in faith and knowledge of Christ, when gathered together, form the outside, or what you can see as Christ's body. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This body is the vessel, or spiritual covering, that protects and covers the bride, who is safely inside, thus forming a human ark. The part you cannot physically see is the combined human spirits of the family within the ark. I liken this to how we can see each other's bodies, but we cannot see each other's spirits. These human spirits, inside the body of Christ, are a likened heart will and purpose and as they unite they form the bride Christ on the outside the bride on the inside now here's what we need to see Christ and his bride stand complete as one before all creation as the last Adam male and female he created them this is the very same condition Adam was in before Eve was taken from his side Humanity will finally have come full circle. When all danger from God's wrath pouring forth against wickedness and sinful man is over, this bride, like Eve, will also be released or made manifest to the world as the church triumphant. This event was foreshadowed by the sword piercing the bridegroom on the cross. The blood and water that came out of the side of Christ was symbolic of the bride, She was resurrected after her death in the waters of baptism, breathed into by the Holy Spirit as she experienced her personal Pentecost. She was then fed the Word and given communion. She now has His blood, His thoughts, His family name, and is heir to all He has. So once again, as the body of Christ comes together in completeness, the Holy Spirit breathes life into Adam but this time it is the last Adam and his bride. In First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, And so it is written, "The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. As a body, they will experience a final Pentecost. These children of God rejoice in God's laws, choose to live through His knowledge, and a new cycle begins the bride and groom will once more be free to go forth multiply and be fruitful as they subdue the earth and establish god's kingdom it has been promised daniel chapter seven verse twenty seven then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people the saints of the most high his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. The promise will be fulfilled, and a new earth will be brought forth. Revelation chapter 21, verses 4 through 5 And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new, and he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. I said, Yes, sir, and this is how this blast came about.